verse 8. Let me, let me show you something. And um, I was thinking about how does, how does a person become a believer? And what is the steps of that? And uh, I'm going to share it with you because I think you can use this out there. I don't think this, some of this is going to be for you, but it's mostly going to be for who you deal with out there. So how do people become, how do people become believers now? How do, how do you get converted into a believer? Or the term, how do you become saved? And some people go, saved from what? Well, well I'll show you. Romans chapter 5, auntie, verse 8, it says, but God. Demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So, so Christmas is about gifts, Santa Claus, snowmen, uh, the Grinch, Ebenezer Scrooge, who I actually like, by the way. Uh, uh, um, that's what Christmas is about to most people. And we realize, and I know you, something, all you going, no, Kenan, I don't believe it. Oh, well, 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 well. See, we got to remember that really what it's all about is, is God demonstrating his love for us. So he sent Jesus here to die. That's what Christianity is. Christianity isn't um, your life is bad, come to God, he'll fix your life. Amen. That's not Christianity. Will that happen? Yeah. That's just the benefit of Christianity. But Christianity itself is Christ and loving you before you were loving him. Amen. See, it says while we were sinners, Christ died for you. Christ died for you before you realized that you were a sinner. Amen. So, so, that, so it, it, for the first time I, uh, a few weeks ago, it dawned on me that Christ has, God has forgiven everybody's sin. Even the people you can't stand the most. Amen. God has forgiven their sins. The only problem is they don't realize it. Amen. So then, then now they have no passport to get this thing done. So here it is. He says, before you were sinners, I mean, when you were sinners, he died for you. Come on. Since we have now been justified by his blood. Now, now we're justified by what? His the blood. blood. So when Jesus shed, it, he shed a lot of blood. So now we are what? Saved. From what? God's wrath. So when someone says, hey, I'm saved, it sounds so religious, R religious that you're saved. You know, and then when they go, hey, I'm, I'm, are you saved? It's like, what kind of radical Christian nonsense is that? Or, Am I saved? You know? oh, hey, I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled. And man, I'll be, I'll be like, well, that's a lot. <laughs> but you are. Amen. Coming to Jesus does save you. It saves you from what? The wrath of God. Thank you. I just wanted you to say it so you won't think I made this up. It's saving you for, from the wrath of God. There's a wrath. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen. That God will give to the earth. And everyone, I don't care, your little auntie who's so sweet, and she knits so well, and she bakes really good pies. And she's so kind, and she's always there helping people out. If she does not receive Christ, hallelujah. Amen. And I hate saying this because it sounds so judgmental. I'm, I'm, I'm not being judgmental. I love your auntie. But what I'm saying is, is I can't change the rules. That's right. That's and right. And God's not going to change the rules for someone just because they're nice. That's right. Or just because the police aren't looking for them or because they're just great people. It, it, the only thing that saves you from the wrath of God is blood. Yes. Jesus' is blood. That's why when someone says, man, I believe in Christ. Okay, well, 
why, if you believe in Christ, then how come you don't think you need to really serve God? Or how come you don't think you really need to give your life to the Lord? How come you don't think you need church and all that religious stuff? It's like, man, because here's my thought with that. Then why did Christ die? If you can earn heaven yourself, why did Jesus have to go through all of that? It doesn't make sense. He went through all of that because he died for us while we were yet sinners. And that's the thing that turned my whole life around. Yes, Lord. It, a bulb went off and I went, man, I am a sinner. And boy, can I sin. <laughs> I got to do something about it. Oh, I can't. He can do something about it. That's right. That's right. You cannot earn. The only way, here's, you can. Here's the way you can earn God. By realizing you can't earn it. Mm-hmm. You earn heaven by realizing you can't earn it. All it's right. only through the blood. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. This is just my prelude. I'm going to get to the meat and potatoes of what I'm trying to tell you. So it's like, how do we know that? How, how are we saved then? We're saved through the blood. What are we saved from? Well, if you don't have the blood covering you and your name is not written in blood in the Lamb's Book of Life, you are on a destiny somewhere that is very hot. But it won't be a vacation. Uh, hallelujah. Somewhere. That's right. That's right. Amen. Not going to be no resort. It's not going to be no uh, little drinks, coconut drinks with umbrellas in it. It's going to be, Jesus said it's going to be a place of great gnashing of teeth, great pain. Yes. Somewhere you don't want to go. Jesus, how do you know? I went there. Mm-hmm. I went down there when I took the keys back. I saw what it's like. It's not a nice place. Not a nice place. And then people think that hell is your last de destiny. No, it's the thing called the lake of fire. That's right. That's where everybody going. Satan, Satan's going in there too. That's right. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. We, we used to call this fire and brimstone. And the people are like, I don't want to hear fire and brimstone. Tell me something great. and Tell me something sweet and nice. Let me know that God loves me. And that's what Christianity has come to. That's what pulpits teach now. And that's why a lot of people aren't really allowing the Lord to change their lives. Right. Amen. That's why we have a surface, superficial Christianity. That's why people call us hypocrites, and I don't blame them. Because we are hypocritical, because we got this surface Christianity, not deep down inside, making any kind of difference in our lives. Worried about what everybody else doing, judging everybody else because they don't go to church. When I, in all actuality, you go to church all the time, but you got so much hatred in your heart, so much unforgiveness in your heart. See, surface Christianity, this ain't, I don't even know why I'm going this way. Surface Christianity will not fly. Amen. 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 And here's the scary part. God knows the difference. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. From a changed heart to just, I'm putting on. Amen. We don't put on in here. We admit we're not perfect. Amen. Anybody here perfect? Mm-mm. <laughs> You're looking at the king of not perfect right here. And I boast about it. Amen. I'm glad about it. Hey, I'm not perfect. As a matter of fact, sometimes I flat out stink. And then what I have to do is correct it and get myself back together, and God bombards me, and the word is so much in my heart that it just condemns the heck out of me. And it, and it makes me change thoughts and flip around. Know what I was thinking? No matter what you, where you came from, who you are, what race you are, what gender, no matter any of that, no what income, economic background, education, we all come in here in some kind of way we become family. Amen. That Thank you, Lord. That doesn't make sense. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so here's the thing. It does make sense because we all got the same father. Amen. So tell me this. Tell me this. How come so many people go to church 
but they still have hatred in their hearts towards other people. Because it's surface. Amen. The Bible says that if we would know them by their fruit, mm-hmm. right? One of the fruit is love. Yes, it is. One piece of that fruit is love, yeah. patience, long-suffering. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen, hallelujah. So if a person doesn't exhibit that, if a person, how can you be racist and say you love God? It's impossible. God's not broke, so you're doing something wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, honestly, I got to get off of that. Forget I said that. That's another message for another time. <laughs> Go to 2 Kings chapter 5. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I'm going to just take you through this story. I'm going to show something to you. And, and, and here's the principle of it. Here's someone who should not really have changed his life because Naaman was this general of Syria, and they were at war, by the way, with, with the Israelites, and they were winning. They were winning. And, and so Naaman gets into a situation and then Naaman goes to see a prophet. And this story is so amazing. When I was reading it this week, just, I was just actually just reading it for some reason. And all this stuff started coming to me, so I'm going to share it with you. Now, Naaman was what, Auntie? Commander of the army of the king of Aram. Yep. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded. So here it is. Naaman is greatly, uh, he's, he's ordered himself to a place of, of prominence. And, and man, he's highly regarded. He's popular. I'm sure he was strong and he was... I'm sure he was handsome, and I'm sure he, he had a lot of money, and he was a general, and he had all these victories. He was a great dude. You would look at Naaman and go, man, this guy is impressive. Right, right? Mm-hmm. And it says he was highly regarded. Through him, the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier. But it's always a but. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's a big but in there all the time, man. Big but. <laughs> I think about what's going on in my world right now, and my life personally is fine. I feel healthy, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, I mean stuff around me is working out, but all oh, my family and the people I care about are going through. Amen. I lost Marilyn, I lost my spiritual mom. My brother's struggling. My auntie's fighting right now for her, her life, actually. Amen. My friends in Indiana are going through because she's, she's down, BJ's down. I mean, it's just one thing after another that I go, man, God, my life is good. But, there's always a but. But. So here's people, you know what I realized? This is what has to happen. People have to actually do this. The first, the first point you have to, in becoming a Christian, is you have to realize something. Being self-sufficient is a lie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't care what life you built. I don't care how much you've accomplished. I don't care what kind of education you have. I don't care what kind of house and family you've grown. L- listen, self-sufficiency is not true. In order, for someone, in order for you to get someone to realize that God really needs to be in their life and they need to give their life to the Lord, you got to help them erase something. There's no such thing as being self-sufficient. It's going to always be a butt that you can't handle. That's right, that's right. It's going to always be a butt that's going to be above all your money, above all your influence, above all your wishful thinking. Amen. There's always going to be some butts in there. Yes. What's that song? I like big butts. <laughs> I don't like big butts. <laughs> and you know what I was telling the Lord today? I was, you know what? 
problems are always going to come, but give me some good problems. Give me a good problem like this. I got so much money, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> That's a good problem. Everybody say amen to that. Amen. Hey, give me a good problem like, man, I got three trucks. <laughs> I got to buy tags on three trucks. <laughs> I'll give two of them away. Give me, give me some good problems. Amen. I got enough balance. Amen. But it's like, man, no matter how you move through life and maneuver yourself, set yourself up, people get, they rest and, oh, I got, I've saved so much money, I refinanced my house, my retirement money is just growing, growing, and man, my, I got my kids' education fund, and oh, my daughter's in her last year of college, and oh, my son, he's doing really well, he's, he's making his way through the company, he's doing well, and I'm like, man, there's, but there's always something. Something. That you, your stuff and you cannot handle. You're not self-sufficient. Amen. So here's Naaman. He's this great man, and he's built this great life, and it seems like everything's perfect. And then it's, well, but though, you're not self-sufficient. Well, people don't come to the Lord because they think they're self-sufficient and they don't need them. Mm-hmm. Auntie, come on. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now the bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. So here's a slave that they have taken captive, and and this is how I know Naaman is a good man, and his wife must have been a good woman. Next verse. She said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. She goes, man, I'm from Israel, and man, I know the Lord, and here's the thing, I know someone who knows the Lord. I wish my master would go see him. And I'm thinking, you're a slave. You should be like, I wish my master would drop dead. <laughs> you know, and you're serving the woman of the house. And, and, I, and I'm sure she's like, oh, I wish he would drop dead and I wish she would drop. No, she said, man, I wish I don't want nothing to happen to he must have been a good man. Yes. If a slave says, hey, I got an ideal. If a slave says, hey, this is, you know what? I, I want you to be safe. I want you to be okay. Yes. You got to be a good person. Yes. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. David was impressive. He was an impressive man. And that's how I know right there. Mm-hmm. Next verse. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. Yep. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. And the thing that's impressive about Naaman, auntie, is he listens. Yes, yes. Every great leader has to listen. Amen. Amen. See, that's what's wrong with some of your bosses. And they don't listen. Mm-hmm. Amen, somebody. Amen. I remember times that, man, my boss would come out on the floor and they come out throwing stuff around and throwing tantrums. And, and I'm like, dude, you want to do this or you want me to do this? Go back in the office and do some CEO type stuff. Leave this stuff to me because you don't really understand it. Amen. All right, so go back up there. Go be rich and sit up there and go call somebody. Act like you're doing something. But leave this day-to-day stuff to the people who know. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. And so here it is. Naaman is like he goes to the king because he listens. Yes. See, that's the thing. How does someone become a Christian? Well, they listen. Mm-hmm. You got to get someone to listen. Amen. But see, when self-sufficiency goes away, they're more apt to go, okay, what are you talking about? Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then they need, a, they need someone to come and say, here's the thing. I know you're in a situation. Nothing can get you out. You're not self-sufficient. But I know someone. Yes. 
So he goes, as he goes. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. Yeah. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, mm -hmm. and 10 sets of clothing. Now I looked that up a bunch of, from a bunch of different aspects, a bunch of different materials, and you know what they all said? That's just a lot of stuff. <laughs> they don't have any monetary amount on it. They just said, he, he took a lot. Mm -hmm. It was a lot. In fact, if the prophet would have took all that, he would have been good. All right? So he mm -hmm. packs up everything, and he gets this letter from the king. Next verse. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. Now here's the second point when you're trying to get someone to realize that they need the Lord. First, you have to get them to realize that self-sufficiency is a lie. Mm -hmm. Then you have to get them to realize something. The world can't help you. All right. The world, the world can't help you. Why, why, why do people get so bent out of shape about politics? People fight and go to war over politics. People raided the White, White House over politics. Politics? Mm -hmm. When we all know they don't do nothing for us. Nothing. But it's like, why do people get so bent out of shape? It's, I'm going to tell you why. Because they don't know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And they're looking to the world and all the world's systems to make their life more comfortable. And it's like, that's what most non-believers do. They look to something a little higher than him. He went to the king. He went a little higher. And the king gave him a letter to take to another king. Look into the world to fix everything. Self-sufficiency is not true. You're not self-sufficient. That's right. Because if God said, let there not be any more oxygen, you'll be <laughs> toasted. That's right. And then it's like, man, in the world, you're really going to go to the world to help you? Know what you're going to do? You're going to get put on hold with some bad music playing on your, in your phone. Mm-hmm. Know what? All our lines are busy. Wait for our next customer rep. Your wait time is three days. <laughs> I got to talk to someone. I got, yeah, you do, but I'm just, you got to do it with a perspective of, man, the world's not trying to help you. That's right. So in order, this, this thing has to come upon you that you realize self-sufficiency is not a thing. I need help down here. And the next thing is, man, the world can't give me that help I need. That's right. See, that's how you begin to help people see they need to be Christians. See, because you're going to reach somebody this year. Amen. Or it's going to be between you and the Lord, not me. Mm-hmm. Just one. You're going to do it, and I'm going to help you with every tool, every trick in the book I have, I'm going to give it to you. And so here's one. You're not self-sufficient, and the world can't help you. Next mm -hmm. verse. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? And I go, man, the king is, is about to show him something. You can't go from one world system to the other world system. You coming to me? He's like, man, you came to the only place where the God and the men of God don't listen to the king. Hmm. See, most, most back then and even now, even now, religion is cultural, meaning it's a way of having cultural control. Meaning this, if you're born in certain countries, you're probably going to be Hindu. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to be Muslim. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to be Jewish or, or Christian. Mm -hmm. See, a lot of times we use this for social control. And, and so all the prophets and all the things of God, they work for the king, really. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Remember when Moses went to, to Egypt? And what did, what did Ramses do? He called for his prophets. See, the, the prophets work for Ramses. The king of Israel going, you came to the only place 
where God is transcendent. He doesn't work for anybody. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do what I say. You come to the only place where the prophets would tell me I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. So the king gets bent out of shape because he's like, you think that we act like the Hittites or the Amorites where their gods are totally controlled by the king. God doesn't work for me. That's right. Hallelujah, somebody. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Yes. That's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. See that? You're cutting God short. See, you got to think about that. Here's the king now. And you know how kings were. Kings, everything was controlled by the king. Going, no, nah, I can't help you. Hmm. You're in a different world. You're in another realm of thinking. I, 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 he doesn't work for me. He does whatever he wants. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's his will, not my will. I am the only king in the world who, isn't, uh, who doesn't have the prophets subject to him. I'm subject to God. I'm subject to the prophets. The, the ones who know God tell me what to do, and you're coming to me. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. Look into the world. The world can't help you. Mm-hmm. Auntie, come on. Can I kill and bring back to life? No, you can't. Come on. Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? Yeah. See how he is trying to pick a quarrel and with so me? And so conspiracy is creeping in. He's going, man, he just sent him to me because he wants to fight. If I don't heal him, he's going he to start a war. Hmm. And we're already losing. Come on, come on. Amen. I say, come on. When Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Uh-huh. Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in he Israel? Goes, Listen, have the man come to me, and I will show him something, that someone knows God. Hallelujah. That's where you come in. Amen. See, because what happens is you begin to pray for a person, and you know what you pray? Lord, let them realize that they're not self-sufficient, and Lord, let them realize that the world can't help them. Yes, yes. And then you begin to pray, and then all of a sudden, something blam, blows in their life, and I go, man, how did my brother get off that plane, and he's never been the same, can, barely can speak, I, I go, man, man, Lord, okay, we're just cruising along, all of a sudden, we lose Maryland, we're just cruising along, and all of a sudden, my, my spiritual mom goes, and all of a sudden, we're just cruising along, and it's like, thing after, my aunt is like struggling, it's killing me right now. I got friends trying to go on vacation, and they're praying that she be okay while they're gone. And little old me sitting there going, Lord, I, I feel like I, I, I need to be five places right now. That's but I can't, but I know you are. Yes. So I'm going to rest in that. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to rest in that. Lord, you got to keep my, my peace. That's why I said, if I keep my mind standing on you, my mind will stay in peace. I'm, I'm struggling, but you know what? I can still teach Bible. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, baby. <laughs> so he tears his robe. Come on, Auntie. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. And I know he looked impressive. Can't you see Naaman standing there? He's got all this gold and stuff, this great uniform, and he's standing at Elijah's house. Come on. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go and wash yourself. something that's demoralizing. He doesn't even come out. He just stays in, looks out the door, and goes, eh, go tell him something. He doesn't even come out. And I go, man, that's so 
demoralizing for a man like Naaman's statue. People jump when Naaman comes in. And Elijah goes, now, here's the thing. Once you get them to see some things, then you got to get them to shift. All right. They got to shift their thinking. All right. One shift is God only blesses the humble. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be demoralizing. Because mm-hmm. he knows that Naaman's used, to, even though Naaman seems like a good guy. He's used to everyone responding when he shows up. He doesn't even go out there. He goes, sends a servant out there. No, I don't have time to talk to Naaman. No, and what he's trying to do is he's trying to humble him and get him to see only the humble. Yes. See, when you deal with people and they realize that they're not self-sufficient and then they realize the world can't help them, they got to be humble. Mm-hmm. You won't receive from God unless you humble yourself. See, and this is what, this is what humbles you. For the first time, I was thinking about this today. For the first time in your life, the world doesn't revolve around you. That's right. All of us, even when you become a Christian, you still think this way. You think that everything all the time is about me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, my, my pain right now for my family is not because of what it does to me. It's because of what it's doing to them. Man. And I'm the, I'm the ripple effect on how I feel. But really, I'm really trying to say, I'm trying to put myself in my brother's shoes, my mother, my sister-in-law, my nephews. I'm trying to see it from that perspective. See, I know how it's painting me, but when I really can pray from their perspective, because it doesn't revolve around me. Mm-hmm. See, when you come to the Lord, man, you, and you really, he really begins to enter into your life, and he begins to shift you from my problems. It's all about my problems. It's all about my problems. You got to shift that to, no, I need my sin corrected. Yes, yes. So you come to the Lord because you have problems. But then something, that won't hold you. You have to shift to, I need my sins fixed. Yes, yes. I I told you the story. Remember when they were sitting in Peter's house, they lowered a man down into Jesus. And Jesus, the guy's paralyzed. And Jesus goes over and says, man, your sins are forgiven. And I'm sure the guys are like, that ain't why we brought him. You, you didn't know. You didn't notice he, he got nothing going on. He, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> that, that's nice. But have, if you hadn't noticed, he didn't walk in here. His legs don't work. And Jesus forgives his sins first. And, and, and he goes, and they're like, that's not why we brought him. And Jesus is like, but that's the most important thing. Yes. The most important thing you got to get people to see, it's not your problem. It's your problem if you do not understand what Christ has done for you. Then you have a problem because you're not saved. Yes. See, God will use their problem to get get their attention, but then you have to shift their focus off of the problem to, you know what it really is? God wants to save you from your sins. Mm -hmm. A shift has to happen. And you start to realize the world doesn't revolve around me. No, it revolves around God. Yes. The world doesn't revolve around you. I know it does. Because that's all you think about is you. What happened to you? What happened to people you love? How much money you have? What's going to happen to you next? How come I'm not happy in marriage? How come my kids are going crazy? Everything, see, and we take all that to God, and God says, okay, I'm going to take it. But you realize something. Everything is really around me. And we go, 
No, because you're there to help me. And God says, no, I'm here to love you. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's the thing. I, I, I would appreciate some love back. Because that's why I created you. God, God's not a genie that we rub and get, and get three wishes. God, that's right. God's not a Santa Claus that whenever we want something, we just take it to him and ask him to give it to us. God, God, God isn't like a, 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 you know, this, 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 this well of, 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 of resources that we always go to and he just bails us out, bails us out. Will God do all that? Yeah, he'll do all that. But he does all that after you realize something. Mm -hmm. The world really revolves around you. And my sin is forgiven. That's the most important thing. Most important. Do you got problems? Yeah, man. I got problems. But, but my sin is forgiven. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Come on now. Yes. So that shift begins to happen. And you shift. Like Naaman now, he says, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. Your flesh will be restored. And then you will be cleansed. Come on, next verse. Got to get done. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out and to me Naaman and stand. Naaman went away like, you know what? First of all, I'm offended because I thought he would surely come out. So that lets you know, Naaman needs to be a little humble. Amen, somebody. And then he goes, man, at the same time, I, would, I thought he would come out and wave his hand over me and, and just cure my leprosy. See, that's, again, looking to the world. Why didn't, why didn't the prophet go out there? He didn't want Naaman to think it was his power. So he didn't go out there to humble him. He didn't go out there because he didn't want him to think that he was the resource. Right, right. See, see, what's going on right now is the prophet's trying to get him to change his life. His problem got him to him, but he wants him to see really why he's here. Amen. You're not here to really fix your problems. Yes. You're here to understand something. That's how you lead people to Christ. Yes, thank you, Lord. So here it is. Naaman goes away mad. And you know why Naaman's mad? Other than that, he's going, and you know what? Any idiot can do that. Right. You guys got no standards. A prostitute can do that. A child can do that. An old lady can do that. A bum can do that. See, Naaman says, he's like, man, dude, go dip myself. Anybody, he's got no standards. Your guy's got no standards. He just lets anybody come. Yeah, God does have standards, and the standards are so high, you'll never, you'll never make it. Amen. So Naaman's looking at it wrong, like, man, every, anybody can do that. Any, any weakling or any bum or any poor person or any, anybody who doesn't matter can do that. Naaman went away so angry because he said, anybody can do that. You want me to do that? You want me to do that? It's that simple. That's what he's saying. Next verse. Are not Abana and Farfar the rivers of Damascus? I could have stayed home and did it home. Come on. Better than all the rivers of Israel. Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a he rage. He turned around, got on his chariot, and they spent the chariots around. We're out of here. This guy doesn't have any standards. Just lets anybody do. That's stupid. I'm not doing that. This is why Naaman was a great man. Next verse. Naaman's servants went to him and said... My, my father. father. Now yeah. here it is. His servants are saying, man, we really love this guy. Yeah. 
my father, if the prophet had told you to go slay a dragon, you would have went, yes, give me my shield and my sword and my spear. <laughs> if the prophet would have told you to go, it's a wicked witch in the east, go kill her and bring me her hand. He would have been like, yes, let's ride to the east. I must destroy this witch. Bring it to the prophet for my blessing. See, Naaman is a great man. He, 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 this is what he's learning. You can't earn it, Naaman. Man. See, Naaman came prepared with all his resources and everything. He came prepared to do like every, they do in every other country. Mm -hmm. If you go to another country, you go to the king, he will bring up his prophets and he will say, what tribute do you have? I got all this tribute. Now, can I get a blessing from your God? And then he comes to this kingdom, and the king goes, I don't control God. And then the prophet goes, send him to me. I'll tell him. And he goes to the prophet, and he goes, hey, listen, there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. You can't earn this. Yes, sir. Naaman's going, man, I, 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 if he, his servants are going, hey, father, if he would have told you to do something great, you, you would have did it. How much more than when he just tells you something simple like, Go wash in the river. It's so simple. And then you tell people about Jesus and they go, man, that's, that seems too easy. And I'm like, no, it's too hard. Mm -hmm. It's too hard for you because it's so easy, it's hard. Mm -hmm. See, because you still think you, can, you need to do something. Nothing you can tell me what you can do. Right. What, be nice? I'm not nice and I'm going to heaven. <laughs> I'm far from nice. And I'm going... <laughs> so nice isn't a thing hallelujah somebody <laughs> oh cause you're so easy going I'm not easy going I'm still going now <laughs> easy going isn't a thing mm -hmm. hallelujah somebody hallelujah he's showing Naaman that Naaman you, you can't earn it see see I don't want you to do something by your power. I want you to humble yourself and just do what God says. Amen. So you got to get people to see something. That it's, it's not about what they do. Amen. Other than this. Amen. Humble yourself and just receive. No great thing that they can do. You ever have somebody, and it's so stupid, and I've said it before, you know, hey, man, I got to get my stuff together before I go to church. Good luck with that. Out of all the stupid things you said to me, that was one of the stupidest. Stupidest <laughs> things you've ever said to me. You can't get yourself together. That's right. Because one, you're not self-sufficient. And two, you, where, is the world going to help you do it? Right. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Almost done, almost done. So Naaman listens to his service again. That's why he's a great man. You got to listen. Know why Naaman's life changed? Because he listened. Mm -hmm. So what do you got to do? You got to pray that someone will listen. Just listen. Don't, don't get surprised when you pray for somebody something bad happens. Mm -hmm. Let it happen. Let it happen. It will get their attention. Mm -hmm. And then they will, they will say, I'm not self-sufficient. And they will try the world. The world's not working. And then they'll come to you. And then you begin to talk to them. But really, it's not about their problem anymore. It's about them understanding something. You're a sinner. Mm -hmm. And I'm not putting you down. I'm a sinner too. Only difference is I'm informed. And then you begin to help them shift from their problem being the problem to 
their sin being the problem. Mm -hmm. And then God can forgive you for that. And then you begin to change. Because remember, when they dropped the man and he forgave his sin, but he still fixed the problem. Yes, he did. All right, all right. Mm -hmm. Trying to help you reach people. You're going to reach somebody this year. You're going to. Next verse. So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, yeah. as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. He became clean like a young boy. Man, the Lord, man, I'm telling you, man. The Lord fixed stuff, it really gets fixed. Yes, it does. Right. It didn't say he became naming again. The Lord actually gave him life back. He made him younger than he was. He made him better than he was. Amen. Yes. Thank man, you. I came to the Lord, man, and, and the Lord made me better. I, at that age, I thought I was kind of impressive. You know, I had, you know, you know, I thought I was doing pretty well, and then the Lord came into my life, and made me better. Yes, yes. Hallelujah, somebody. Come on, Auntie. I'm then Naaman and all his attendants went back to the man of God. Oh, we gotta go back. Naaman's going. Oh, I was wrong. I was mad. I gotta go back. Come on. He stood before him and said. And this is all that. This is the whole point. Now I know that there's no God in all the world except in Israel. Now I know. See, he didn't say, your God is stronger than my God. Right. Or your God is stronger than all the gods in the East. Or, or all the gods, gods in my country, your God is, no, he says, man, it ain't no other gods. Yes. So here's someone who went through this transformation of first, I'm very self-sufficient, but not, because I got a problem. And then second, I go to the king, the king can't help me, all the physicians and everything can't help me, they can't help me, so the world can't help me, that's the problem. But then I come to someone who tells me, and they tell me, and I'm, but I'm too stubborn, so I have to humble myself a little bit to hear what's going on, and I got to do what the word of God is saying. Do what you tell me, and I got to realize something. I can't earn it. I can't earn it under my own strength, and I have to humble myself, do what my servants are telling me to do. Yes. And now I'm standing here realizing something because I've shifted everything. The world no longer revolves around me. Your God is the only God. Transformation complete. That's how you lead people to the Lord, man. You, you got to get, you got to realize the steps. Auntie, what does he say? Now I know. That there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please, so please accept this stuff from me. And then yes. now it gets a little more interesting. The prophet answered, as surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. And you know what? I'm glad he don't live in America because he would have took all that. <laughs> <laughs> he would have took it all. I, I was talking to someone who is a very big church and they're on the board. And they go, man, we got this issue because the, the, uh, this owner of all these car dealerships down here, he's on the board. And he wants all this say now. He wants more say in the church. So he's having this big meeting. And they go, we're going to meet with him and try to see what his grievances are. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Well, well because of the amount of money he puts in. Get the money back. Amen. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, that meeting will be two seconds. Hey, dude. Uh... Are you in charge or God is in charge? Well, I'm in charge. Then get out. Amen. Well, I'm taking my money. Take it. Amen. Take it. I'm like, you guys are actually meeting about this? Okay, so what about the little mother who's raising her kids by herself? You won't meet with her. 
not going to be with her. What, 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 what about the family that's really struggling? Husband been out of work, wife is sick. You know what I mean? With them. See, I got a big mouth. I get in trouble. And, they, and I know some of them go, man, we shouldn't even call them. And I'm going, why are you calling me? Your church is 80 times bigger than mine, and you're running this past me? Oh, okay, I'll tell you what to do. Go in there and say, man, kiss my butt. <laughs> That's the word of God right there. That's the word of God. Meeting adjourned. You put that in the minutes, make sure that's in the minutes. Make sure exactly what I said, put it in the minutes. <laughs> Quick meeting. I'm just not. I, but no, they, you know, we got to talk this out. We got to make sure he's okay. We, we might have to give him a little more say in certain areas. And I'm like, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, everybody. He's just probably going, no, nah, I don't want your stuff. I'm, I'm just trying to do the will. I just want, know what I wanted? I wanted you to understand. Amen. That's all I wanted. Mm-hmm. I said, come on, I'm almost done. And even though Naaman urged him, he refused. If you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry. I love for, this part. Go. For your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God but the Lord. I am totally transformed, meaning I understand something, though. When I go back home, they're religious. And so now, though I'm going back to a religious situation, because some will say, man, but we're all, we're Catholic, or we were Baptists, or we didn't really believe like that. Okay, well, you still got to go home. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, when he says, give me some dirt, so when I go home, I'm going to spread that dirt, and I'm going to kneel at that, the dirt of where the God is that I believe in. Amen. I'm a, I'm a, you know what? I'm going back to a religious situation, mm-hmm. but, I, but I know what I believe. Yes. I know my family's Catholic. They're not going to understand. I know my family's Baptist, so they're not going to get it. I know my family's Lutheran or whatever they are. And he says, I'm going back to this family, and I'm like, I'm going back to my kingdom. I'm going back to my king, even. And look at the next verse. I see last one, I think. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. He says, but listen, ahead of time, he's got to forgive me because i got to do something that I'm called to do, and it's religious, and I know this isn't, this isn't even what I want to do. He says, this is what's going to happen. When my, when my master enters the temple, he's going to bow down. And he's going to need my help because he's not in the best shape. And he's going to lean down, and I'm going to have to bow down with him in the temple. He says, may the Lord forgive me. I'm not bowing to their God. Yes. I'm just doing what I'm responsible for. Yes. I was at a meeting, man, and we did this this, 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 uh, 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 conversation. It was a talk across Christian uh, leadership. And it was a talk across different religions. And, man, when we got done and I had the statement, because my statement was, you know, really, is there even a such thing as religion? And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. Okay, so when I got done, the priest comes up to me. He was a priest. There was three priests there, actually. And was, the Catholic priest comes up, and he says, I, you know what, brother? I believe everything you said, but I can't teach it. Wow. <laughs> wow. I, I wish I could just play that to everybody in that back, and I wish I could take that back. And I wish I could play it to the people that are in charge. I wish I could take this back and play it over to people who are over this region. He says, I know in my heart that's what it's about, but man, I cannot teach it. But know this, 
that I feel the same exact way. Wow. There's no other way but Christ. All these religious practices don't even matter. There's nothing we can do to earn this thing. The priest is telling me this off to the side quietly. But I can't teach it. Here's this man going, man, I, I'm going to have to bow down. But no, I'm just trying to help this old man stay steady. I'm not bowing to this God anymore. Mm-hmm. Jesus. See, when someone gets transformed, they still got to go back, and their family might feel another way. Yeah. What did the prophet say, Auntie, last verse? Go in peace, Elisha said. Elisha says, no, nah, I get it. Go ahead. Got to do what you got to do. Forget the religious practices. I know where your heart is. It's all a matter of the heart. It's all a matter of heart. Christians get bent out of shape. Oh, I can't go in there. They don't believe like we do. I mean, I love going to Catholic services. Except to getting up, kneeling, kneeling, getting back up, kneeling. <laughs> Man, my knee is a little bothering me. Oh, we got to get, oh, get back up. Oh, get back down. <laughs> old people, old Catholics be in shape. <laughs> they must be popping that bill before they go in. I know we'll be kneeling. <laughs> Making fun of the Catholics. But, but what I'm saying is, it's like, man, I don't get bent out of shape. You do that that way, that's fine. I got no beef with that. Y'all heard people go, oh, we don't do that. We don't know. We argue over that. No, it's in the name of the Jesus. No, it's in the name of the Father. It doesn't really matter. Does it really matter? It's all a matter of the heart anyway. I don't care about that. What are we doing here? In fact, I like their choir. Their choir is pretty good. I want to invite them here. I'm like, that's a really nice choir. And they were up there with their little hymns. I was like, they sound really good. I'm going to call that church. I'm bringing their choir here. All right. Come sing. That's all right. I love them. I love them. Amen. It's all about your heart. It's not about religion and what, what your name is on the building. And I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of that. It's like, don't you wish the world would get tired of that? They won't. You know why? Because it's surface, and everything still evolve, revolves around them. In order for these things to change, we have to realize something. Everything revolves around God, not me. So therefore, my problems are a little smaller. A little smaller, because I understand that. So when you come to the Lord with these massive problems and it's like everything, and then what happens, your problem becomes smaller, smaller, and smaller. When you do what? Look to the Lord more, more, and more. And then you see his greatness and your problems just become so much smaller. And you see how glorious it is and your problems become so much smaller. And then you see, man, if I die tomorrow, <laughs> that's what gives me hope through all this. People that I love are very sick and people that I love have died. But you know what helps me get through it? Well, man, I hope Marilyn can have a conversation with Debbie. That would be amazing. Be amazing conversation. But both of them are out there, man. And man, that would be a great conversation to sit in on. Actually, they're in a better place. See, the world doesn't revolve around me. I don't know so much. Come on up. 
So what am I trying to do? I'm trying to show you something. I'm trying to show you, because you're going to reach somebody this year. You got to help them. What, what fights the world? Well, self-sufficiency. Well, you know, the world takes care of me. My job takes care of me. My education is my security, because I can always fill out my resume and get it. Really, can you? You're like, the life is so flat, fragile, you're one doctor call away from everything being different. Everything's different now. I mean, ask people who are struggling with it. One, one doctor visit, one, one trip to emergency changes everything. I spent a lot of time praying for Chris and her husband, and I'm like, man, just everything's changed now. One, life is so fragile. And it's arrogant to think tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to just do my thing. Man, you're one phone call away from everything being different. You're one pink slip away from all your money being different. You're, you're one, situ one car accident away from everything. But life is so fragile, man, that we really believe under our own power that life, we can navigate through this life. Good luck got to get people to see that and then when it does happen they're going to go to the world and the world's going to let them down you got to get them to see that then you got to get them to shift it's not about your problem it's about your major issue which is what man sin is the problem your problem is secondary we'll fix that later i can see that jesus is going hey your sins are forgiven jesus this dude trying to hold him up he can't even get up that's not why we brought him jesus goes yeah it is not why you bought him, but that's his major problem. I'm mentally tired. I'm spiritually kind of spent. I feel, I feel pulled in the 80 directions right now. But Everything revolves around God. Everything. And everything is in his will. And everything is in his hands. Me, as long as I can stay in that, my problems won't necessarily go away. But my view of my problems will be different. And then and the clarity and the understanding will come and then help me deal with them. That's Christianity, man. So I know a lot of you came to the Lord because something happened in your life and this sparked you and you said, oh man, I, maybe I should try God because this is really bad and I can't fix it, the world can't fix it. But then you came and then you realized something. Man, I got to straighten this up. I'm a sinner and Jesus died for me. And now I realize it's all about the Lord, not me. Help somebody. Help somebody. I'm, doing, I'm throwing everything that I can at you to help somebody. Because you're going to reach someone. 98% of Christians have never reached anybody. It's an amazing number. And it's one that is ridiculous. And I'm thinking, man, nobody under my watch is going to be in that percentile range. No way. No way. And then God gave us a word this year. Just be about my business. I'll be about yours. I promise. Come on, man. Receive it. Come on, receive it. Receive it. It's not about you this year. It's your only year. It's not about you. And I'm telling you, this is going to be your best year. Come on, receive it. Receive it. <laughs> receive it in Jesus' name.
Amen.